Welcome back to another episode of Murphy's Roll. This is Reaper. This is Froku, a.k.a. Nian. And this is Nap Gita, a.k.a. Vulgar Strohar. Couldn't check it out. And we're back with another gameplay session. But first, before that, I have to state the fact that due to the risk of burning out again, we're going to go ahead and stretch out our, our uploading sessions uh, to two week to bi-weekly instead of every week. So that way, you know, hopefully we can get more time to actually record, have longer episodes, but they will come out bi-weekly. So, but unfortunately, we we're, we're running short on time today, so we're, this is going to have to be a rather short episode. Short being subjective because it's still going to be like half an hour long. <laughs> About a normal length, but starting the next episode... We'll have more to go along with our sessions. Unless we get quarantined. Yeah, well, there is that as well. Um, hopefully not. If you guys are listening anywhere from out of state, which I hope you are, and hope you're safe, yeah, you probably realize that a lot of places have been quarantined. Um, we are fortunate enough to be in a state that uh, has not been quarantined completely yet where we can allow to leave our houses, at least right now, so we can still play D&D. Otherwise, we might have to go to Skype. Ooh, yeah. That's, yeah. No, Roll20 would be better than Skype, because we'll have... Well, that or Discord, because you could just do rolls on Discord with the bot. I'll have to look into that. But, I mean, then again, not everyone has a computer. Then Discord would be the best option. We just won't have a map. Okay. Because, if I remember correctly, it costs money to use... Roll 20 on your phone or a tablet, and it's just really small. Okay. I want to say, um, right now, a lot of people are broke. I don't know about y'all, but I am jobless because of all this craziness. I'm still going to be working. Yeah, so am I. Wow. I'll, they'll probably work until, like, the actual government says, all right, your base is shut down. <laughs> and then I will still be working. Amazon, yo. <laughs> I don't know. My job was like, look, Government was like, look, right now, nobody's be worried about people twerking that ass, so uh, let's go ahead and close down. All right. Well, back to D&D. Something that's not as just depressing, depending on which side of the, the table you are. Yeah. So, after the, par after the party deals with the elder uh, druids, and they've got their situation kind of set, set a baseline set. The next day, the party is leaving, and no, they're like, all right, cool. We'll see you guys some other time. And they leave. They go back to the mountains. They go back to the caves that they were traveling through. And when they get back to the Yuanti camp, they're like, um, you guys may not want to go that way. There's a number of Earth Elementals that showed up there. <coughs> yeah, and then Abyssbringer's like, alright, they'll catch these hands, let's do this. Aki actually had to roll for persuasion, actually persuaded both of us. We had an incredible Hulk moment, like, but monster! And just dropped her head and walked along with him. Yeah. So the party decided to take um, a slightly longer route. It's going um, pretty much over the mountain. They have to backtrack a bit and then follow the edge of the mountain to a path. And then they'll take a path that'll lead them over the mountain. It was a birthbringer that was 
pretty much finding the way because isn't he a mountain based Goliath? Oh yeah. So Birthbringer, we know uh as a Goliath, we know mountains pretty damn well. I mean that's kinda added to my specialty, which I never thought I'd be able to use, but I mean comes in handy. You know, having all these random things. So uh yeah, knew the mountains pretty well, was good at high altitudes, was able to uh help navigate us, high nature checks and everything like that, navigate us pretty well through the mountains. Uh, until you decided to go down this path and uh, almost get jumped. Eh, jumped? No. Instead, just a, a rock comes flying at you, and it's a big boulder, like the size of a person. It's just hurled at the party. Yeah, Birthbringer looked at the what yeeted this boulder at him. He was like, that's a Cyclops. No, fuck it. I'm calling you a giant. Let's go. Yeah, Birthbringer has quite the issues with uh, giants, Cyclopses. All those things. If it's bigger than a Goliath, then uh, we got beef. Yeah, you say that now. Yeah, and then combat starts. This giant starts, or Cyclops. Same thing according to Birthbringer. But it starts climbing down the cliff it's on. Doesn't have enough movement speed. It's like 20 feet off the ground. And we all look at Shaw. Well, I look at Shaw, and I believe Kai did, and we're like, Shatter. Shatter that motherfucker. And hit him. Took part of the mountain and he fell. Like a dumbass. Yeah, so they collapse the wall, the Cyclops falls, and then they just JoJo's this motherfucker just stomping on him and shit. So, that Cyclops died pretty fucking quickly. <laughs> but not as quickly as what comes next. Well, not next, but comes a little bit later. So they continue on the path and they come across a large hut. And outside this hut are two guard Sabertooth Tigers. Yeah, because right, Dio once again was talking about trying to animal handling, make it his pet. And uh didn't Aki end up going to the door? Uh, you guys didn't exactly get close. You guys kind of walked up to the hut, but no, as the no Sabertooth Tigers realized you, they got into a uh, uh, stance and they started growling and roaring at you. A large stone giant comes out of this hut, and he's just like, "What all do you want?" And Birthbringer, the only one who speaks giant, had to speak with this guy. wasn't too happy to, but he's like, oh, "This fucking guy." So, Birdbird talks to him a little bit, come to find out that he's okay, I guess, for a giant. I guess. <laughs> you guess. You thought he was alright because he didn't want to enslave Goliaths. He wanted to enslave the other races and use Goliaths as, you no, know, like, you no, know, your warriors. As the as their warriors. Not slaves. Having guessed by now, Birdbird's kind of racist, y'all. <laughs> but yeah, so... They kind of went back and forth, and the giant told him that he left the uh, another Goliath, Goliath uh, giant's encampment, you know, a little further northwest, east, west. So, um, Birthbringer was like, "Oh, we get to fuck up some giants, Lego." <laughs> yeah, he was more concerned about bringing the Goliaths than fucking up some giants. Exactly. I mean, you know, he told us that they had some Goliaths captured. And Birthbringer's like, well, 
guys, I've got to go do this. But I don't understand if you guys want to go do something else, go do your own thing. But I got to go and fuck some giants up. Um, it's time. <laughs> Whoops. Oh, okay. All right. So we also get a general layout of the giant camp. Best the of the memory of the giant that we met. Because he left 25 years ago. Then we devised a plan of how we're going to do it. We snuck around. We got Birthbringer in the portable holes. And Kai sneaks in. He come. They go into where the... Goliaths are being kept. I'm like, hey, we're going to break you out. We're trying to think of how we could arm them. We're like, wait, we have Alawi's stuff in the portable hole. Alawi is a walking armory, along with Birthbring. So we give them some of the cheap shit that we don't care about. Yep. Arm up my brothers and sisters. Um, we take the elders, and there was a child, maybe. Yeah, if I recall correctly, there were five mid-aged uh, Goliaths, three... Children and two elders. But yeah, we get the elders and children. We take them to safety. And all of who's able to fight is like, all right, get ready for the sign. Which, I forget what the sign was. Originally it was waffles, but we're like, that doesn't make sense in this setting. So let's go with bread. Yeah, bread. <laughs> there we go. So we find out where the lead storm giant is. And we're like, okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to sneak in here. Execute homeboy, come outside, and if stuff goes south, we'll yell out bread and start a giant fight. We also planned on burning down his hut, too. Yes. So, yeah, we all surrounded him in on his bed. He started to wake up. Shaw was on the ceiling casting down his lightning bolt, and everybody just swung at him and killed him. Oh, God, it was a massacre. You say you say kill him like, you, like it was just a simple... Oh, you're dead. No, it was like, what up, bitch? <laughs> that was a true JoJo stomp moment. Yeah, like so much that this dude essentially died before entirely waking up. Yeah, exactly. He woke up dead. <laughs> yeah, and then we behead him. A biscuit replacing a Lowy at this point, riding on Birthbringer's shoulders as he's carrying the head of the dead storm giant. Just kicks open the doors like what up bitches exactly bust the door up we set the place on fire that's like one of those epic scenes you see in like a uh michael bay movie you know building on fire us walking out tongues out and shit blood all over us and it's just like what's good now no and uh yeah unfortunately i did really fail like i really did bumble that uh, intimidation well i think i like a two uh but luckily Combo, you know, I had a bitch grip over here to help out, so it was a bitch bringer combo, and he brought up that intimidation factor. He was like, Who's this big ass dude making this goofy ass face? And that little dude on his shoulder, oh shit! So, <laughs> and he's got the, cat, the chief's head. So, there's some talks like, We're gonna make them join us type talks. Yeah. And then they're like, Okay, but prove yourself. Here's our. Here's our strongest fighter behind the chief. And one-on-one -on -one fight. And he comes up, you know, he comes up, cracks his knuckles like, you, Goliath, let's go. <laughs> Kai kind of gives Birthbringer a pat on the leg. It, it would have been on the shoulder, but Kai's just too short. It was more like on his forearm. <laughs> yeah. 
And he's like, have at it, buddy. Unknowingly to Birthbringer, Kai gave him haste. Yeah. And Biscuit climbs down. And Birthbringer and him start fighting. So how did that go? Um, well, <laughs> about that. So, uh, you know, Birdbringer's like, I'm not playing no games with this dude. I'm not going to do the whole taking off my armor, fight hand-to-hand kind of thing. Uh, plus, it's a big old ugly-ass giant and fuck giants. So, uh, Birdbringer busts out the Deathlance. And with the combination of, you know, Deathlance, the haste, uh, Curse of the Eyeless, who came from I don't even know who. You know, we only got one person who can cast that. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't see a thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, Mr. Caster of Miss. Of- Curse of the Eyeless, you didn't see a thing. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, somehow the uh, the giant had things in his eye. You know, he's feeling real, real Narayish. And, uh... <laughs> if you could see my face right now. No, we already killed the Narayish giant. The Cyclops. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, it was a, it was a pretty, uh, pretty bad ganking. Dude got his ass whooped pretty handily. I don't even think he hit you, did he? No, he didn't. The first attack, he had disadvantage, so he missed. Second attack, he just straight missed. His second chance to attack, I empowered it, so he had disadvantage on both rolls. Ooh. Yeah. And Birth going after winning, turn around, really, guys? I'm like, we don't know what you're talking about. At least I have faith in Birth Bringer. <laughs> it wasn't not having faith. It was about sending a message. I'm not giant, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, I don't know, because we were talking about them sending a giant with us, and turns out it was going to be... was. Did we determine it was a hill giant, female hill giant, or... Female stone giant. Okay. But we were talking about that hill giant. Birthbringer's like, I'm not fucking that bitch. First time I've ever heard Birthbringer ever say that. Turn That's not was... true. I think there was no other time he was like... It was the uh, the Alicari captain chick. Yep, fuck her too. And I didn't fuck those uh those you want you either. When no. I wanted to. I mean, you no, did. I asked about it, and I was just like, mm-mm. <laughs> but, no, this is the first time Birthbringer out loud in character said, "I'm not fucking her." Oh yeah, true, true, true. Oh, Birthbringer did a lot of growing up in this session, uh, if you want to call it that. Uh, character development. <laughs> Anyway, so, yeah, we decided that we're going to work with the Giants. And they also told us about a facility that was a little bit away. Was that where the Earth Elementals were at? No. No, okay. The the Earth Elementals were in the cave, like, with the, like, like, uh, back where you guys were initially going to make camp before the Yuanti found you. Uh Yeah, they were in that area. Well, they also told us about a weird facility that was not too far from them. And uh, Birthbringer said, well, look. Adi Captain now. Look at me. Adi Captain now. And you guys are going to be our new private army. So now we have a cult and an army. Um, and we decided, hey, look, we're going to teach you guys how to properly live without, like, making slaves. And the way we're going to do that is by fucking up whatever this institute that is over there and just, you know, blowing the whole shit up and taking all what we want. So let's do it. Yeah, we end up taking, like, what, six of them with us? Yes. And we get there, Kai's like, I know this type of facility. I've been in one like this. I'm not going in there. Yeah, see, it turns out this facility was a test site 
for Andrew Dale Soul's work. And Kai is the like, no. Like Bugs Bunny me. No. <laughs> yeah, he hang out was hanging out with the Giants as we kind of went in to get a feel for this place. We're gonna say we're mercenaries and we're looking for work. We'll become bodyguard or guards for this place as well. Hmm. And then they're kind of like questioning us, like, what have you done? It's like, oh, we done this and this. Just going through our feet. Leaving out some of the information. And then a biscuit. He's just, he's somewhat smart, but socially inept. Because he's a little bit crazy. He's like, yeah, so we beat the fuck out of some Skyhawk Coalition. Like, um, what was the exact wording again? Um, they ran up and got done up. And they're just sitting there going, wait, you did what? Why don't you come on inside and do this? And we're like, no, we're good out here. Just conversating. And Biscrip is like, no, fuck this. I'm out. And left. And the other guys, Shaw, Dio, Earthbringer, are like, ah, he's always like that. He'll be back. They end up getting on patrol, the night patrol. So they go inside and kind of rest a little bit. Biscrip and Kai is talking about, okay, this is what went on. Didn't Birthbringer's like, no, I'm going to go look for him. Yeah. And kind of inform, updated us of what was going on. So the battle plan was, we'll wait till night. They'll replace the guards in front of the door and just storm this place. And while we're doing that, Shaw used gaseous form and checked out the entire thing. Yeah. Got prepared. I mean, we had a whole, whole plan. I mean, I think this is like the most planliest plan we've ever had. It was two times in that same session. We sat down, made a battle plan, and it worked. Phenomenally. <laughs> right? So, it was the end of the day shift, so they swap. All of them, the night guys are up, and Shaw's like, hey, give me some alcohol. So, we took some of the alcohol, laced it with the LSD, and it was like, Hey guys, we're new. We want to be friends. Trying to make friends with everybody. Have a drink on us. Yep, yeah. exactly. Within moments, they're all mindless zombies because they just took some LSD beer. And Shaw just slits their throats and they were on guard with one of the guys in front of the door. Like, you look thirsty. Here's some, here's some coffee to help keep you awake. He's like, oh, okay, thanks. Drinks it. Turns out it was the coffee that was intended for Chris many sessions ago. The acid just melted half of his face. Meanwhile, everybody outside doesn't even know what's going on. And that's when Abyssgrip and Kai are getting ready to lead the charge. Abyssgrip opens his bag and goes, Oh, the potion I was looking for is on top. Here, hands it to Kai, takes out another one. It was two of the, post the potions of speed, which gave them haste. And they just bolted towards the front door with the giants in tow as they're throwing rocks. Yeah, they're the giants are causing distraction, chucking boulders at the fucking front of the front of the complex. While uh, everyone pretty much as soon as they get inside, you know, they're just like, all right, uh, sweep and clear. Well, like we stopped kind of fight a couple just so we could get through with the haste. One of them, Abyssgrip dropped one. It was like, okay, I'm going to run in since the door's been opened by Dio and just started running. Because of that haste, the guy that had the attack of opportunity missed. If it didn't have haste, it would have hit. 
So Biscuit, as he's starting to run, turns around, just says, I'm fast as fuck, boy, and just kept on running. <laughs> Stealing my shit. <laughs> then we go in. Shaw explains what he saw to Kai and everybody else that wasn't there. And we get ready and just storm into the scientist area. Well, we didn't notice there was a storm in. We kind of knocked on the door and was like, hey, guys, it's like an attack going on, whatever, whatever. We came in. We were just like, hey, man, it's crazy out there. You guys should pack up. Get everybody together. It's time to get your shit. We got to run. Is there a back exit? Oh, yeah, there's a secret exit around the side there. Okay, we'll go make sure that's safe. I got it. And Bird Bringer went and stood in front of the door, or, or the way that, you know, the, their only escape, and uh, opened the door for Kai and the rest of the party. And Kai came in there and was like, oh, yeah. It's time, baby. Revenge is mine. He starts shooting them. A base group gets one or two, but Kai pretty much like, these are mine. And in this facility, they found, like, notes for days about the work that Andrew Deosol has been doing. And it turns out uh, he was actually here about a week prior to you guys showing up. And, and then also you see a bunch of um, other test subjects. Now, similar to the fashion that Kai, Aki, and Araya went through in, the, in similar situations, Kai just like, nope, we're shutting this fucker down. You forgot the most important thing he did to them scientists after they're dead. Mutilated the bodies, put them, piled them up, and wrote, fuck you with the dead bodies for Andre's soul. Yeah, Deadpool style. <laughs> then him and Birthbringer go through checking on them, killing them if they wouldn't make it, and all that stuff. Then it was at the back of the room. They ran into, what, three changelings? I don't think I mentioned that they were changelings, but I did mention that they were in the process of becoming soul knives like Naraya. That's what it was. Because I remember the glow, glow of the eye. Two of them were bad. One of them had some good eyes and were like, we got Naraya present. Oh my god, yes. So are you going to let uh, Birthbringer perform that surgery on you? I don't know. Do you have my lesser restoration? Uh, no. I can maybe... I'll have to check my spells. I can probably sleep on it. <laughs> yeah, we end up cutting out the eye, preserving it. Then killing them all off. They saved a few. I mean, you guys saved a few, but I don't know what they're gonna do. I mean, some like the ones you did save, they weren't completely brain dead or whatever. But I mean, like they, they're still pretty fucked up. Yeah, is it the eye? Kind of a I'm sorry to Naraya because we have a druid that Naraya doesn't know on the way. We're about to be having a stone giant showing up outside of town. Well, that giant's coming with us because they went on their own. They would have been the probably assaulted. Yeah. So we're going to be like, hey, hey, hey. They're with us. They're going to make camp outside the town, but they're with us. Why can't the giant look like Deanne from Seven Deadly Sins? Because Deanne she's, Deanne's not a stone giant. What kind of giant is Deanne? A sexy giant. See, I don't have any of those. Because those don't exist in D and D. Deanna's Bay, man. What do you mean? Ugh. What are you talking about? It's all about Merlin. Anyway, <laughs> you and your Japanese cartoons over there. 
says the guy wearing a plus ultra or no, an all might cap on right now. Not even just plus ultra. He's got all might. Got the guy. Got the damn the hair and everything. <laughs> <laughs> because no need to fear, I am here. <laughs> you don't say that to the coronavirus too. Yeah, as I'm like, <laughs> like, hey, look, we have hand sanitizer. Uh, anyway, so that wraps up the session with the party fucking storming into and uh, a complex run by a soul, and then fucking the fuck out of it. <laughs> so. I just I, I completely forgot that you guys actually got Naraya another eye. And that makes me kinda happy. Well, you would have found out during the session when Kai's like, I got you a present. And isn't it a different color too? Yes, so not only like well, I mean it'll still glow blue, but like the underlying color will now be different than Naraya's original eye color. Which will be nice. I like heterochromia. But we started off as a small little band of mercenaries. We're growing. We've got a cult of druids and an army of giants. And we've got a, a, a village we need to go back and reclaim. That too. We're coming up in this world. Yeah, now all we gotta do is kill a Marilith, deal with some vampires, maybe end a global conflict, and save the world from a demon invasion. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. Demon invasion? Oh, did I say that? <laughs> hold, hold, hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> I was up to that point and be like, well, we'll do it as long as the coin's right. <laughs> but Abyss Grip is going to run in head first. Well, doesn't matter because uh, you got the Alucard, you got the Skyhold Coalition, and then you got the Happy Dragons because we take it over. <laughs> I mean, we've already had an altercation. Well, Birthbringer had an altercation with the Alakari. I guess everybody has because we jumped the, them for that sh fake shipment. Then Operation Hoodrat, we got a little bit of taste of Skyhawk blood. It's going to be a three-faction war. You have two highly trained armies than us. That's going to be interesting. Like oh, I, mm, yeah. Mm, okay. Ideas! Maybe we should have kept one of them elder druids. Nah, fuck them assholes. Yeah, don't fuck them elder druids. Make you second baby dicks. Well, alright. So again, that wraps up this uh, coverage of the session. Anything else you want to say before we cut for the day? Well, I mean, I have something I wanted to ask you guys. So, I'm starting another campaign because I'm an overachiever according to Aki. Uh, <laughs> and uh, my current other session is, takes place at Eberron, like full-blood Eberron, like full-strength Eberron, like high-technology fantasy cyberpunk stuff. Um, but I don't know about this next one. So I wanted to ask, and I mean, viewers, you can also leave suggestions also in the comments. Uh, my campaign technically starts like... A uh, couple days after this video will go live, but I can still take suggestions and maybe change some stuff up. But I want to ask you guys on what your favorite settings are. Like, what, what kind of settings would you suggest? Because, like I said, I, I, we're doing the Ebron right now. I love doing the Ebron setting because uh, one, it's kind of easy 
considering the fact that like you can have all the stuff we have in real world now, but it's all kind of powered by magic. Um, it's a magical steampunk. Exactly. And so, you know, that's cool. But I want to go to something different. Uh, the, the setting that I've seen so far that I've really kind of liked is Ravencroft. Ravencroft is kind of like a horror setting. Um, and I've had a couple of ideas for what I want to do there. But what do you, any suggestions from you guys? Avertis. Okay. I'm not too familiar with Ravencroft. Is that like a Lovecraftian thing or? Yes. Okay. So Ravencroft does, it's like the Lovecraftian thing. Basically the idea that I was going to go with is um, the team is going to be like Supernatural team, you know, for the show Supernatural. And it's going to be a horror themed. And they're basically, they're, you know, a group of paranormal investigators who are, uh, investigating strange things that happen are happening. And of course, they'll be explained D&D style, you know, and they'll, they'll have their own party of magic. Well, you know, all the normal parties of like that and everything will be explained, you know, through D&D stuff. But it'll give me a chance to bring in more creepy elements, more creepy monsters, mind flayers, and maybe even a fucking uh, the eyeball of the beholder. Um, actually, one of the first things I was going to do is I found the stats for a weeping angel. Uh, if you guys are a fan, if anybody out there is a fan of Doctor Who and knows what a weeping angel is, um, they're statues, they're like angel statues, that when you look at them, when you're looking at them, they don't move. Like it's just, a, it's just a statue. You can't tell anything different. But when you're not looking at them, even if you blink, they move and they'll move towards you. The weeping angel stats, I finally have a movement speed of 60. Um, is yeah. that flying or walking? It's walking. They have walking and flying movement speed of 60. Well, at least it's just 60 across the board because just imagine if they could fly faster. Yeah. Um, and But they can only move when you're not looking at them. And they have an ability, like in Doctor Who, what they do is they displace you in time. Um, they'll touch you, and all of a sudden you're 150 years in the past. Um, now, of course, in D&D, that's a bit much, but what they do in D&D is they age you. Years per oh, damage. Oh, that's horrible. That oh. is horrible. <laughs> well, I was thinking maybe going along with the displacing you and essentially, instead of putting you in a whole different timeline, just make it a spell-like an ability that Upon hit, they do a save. If they fail, they're banished without the concentration effect. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty nice as well. I had my first taste of banishment last night. Um, so that's also what I do. But yeah, right now, currently, what they do is yeah, you have to make a constitution saving throw, and if you fail on it, you age the number of years by the damage you take, and it's like 2d8 or something. So it, it can get oh, Jesus. That can outright kill any human. Yeah. Um, so especially on a crit exactly uh hey what, what's the what's the damage modifier i'll have to look it up again i don't know off the top of my head because if it's moment. 2d8 like plus six or some shit like that like max damage on a crit is 48 plus 12 so 50, 60 years and most adventures are in their 20s. Oh, my, apologies. my apologies. It is a 2d6 plus 3. 
Okay, 2d6 plus 3. Okay, that's not as bad, but still pretty fucking bad. Because now max damage is 24 plus 6, so 30. So if you get a crit and roll max damage, you're aging 30 years. Yeah, so, um... See, yeah, the angel heals from the points that it, the points that it does. And, uh... Yeah, the age is the number of years to the damage of the attack. And each time a character suffers an aging touch that takes them above the vulnerable age, they gain a level of exhaustion. Yeah, you don't want too many of those. Well, I mean, it would like it would be like what? <laughs> they have a challenge rating of seven. <laughs> I would have to say to make it fair that effect should only last if they're alive. So if they die, they're magically reverted. That way, if you don't have somebody that could hit them cast it would take a major restoration to, i would say to reverse those effects it's greater yeah greater restoration yeah. spell or similar that is really expensive it's a hundred gold it's requires a hundred gold pieces worth of diamond dust that it consumes upon use so you know uh but more horror things like that you know horror, horror things like that going on um you know and what is that uh, stalking specter, spec the thing we fought, the invisible oh, thing. Oh, the invisible stalker? Yeah, invisible stalker, stuff like that. Horror things, you know, that are explained through monsters. Dude, you need to get Mordenkainen's Tomophones. There are a lot of creatures like that in there. You know, you're going with this horror theme, you have to have one session that's essentially Scooby-Doo. <laughs> The whole the whole game is pretty much going to be no no like and somebody capitalizing on all these monsters being like they pretend to be some kind of ghost or a specter or something to scare people off so they could mine on their own and get everything and just have a chase scene where everybody's running into one door and just like there's port random portals so they go in one door come out of a completely different being chased by the monster chasing it straight up 100% Scooby-Doo. Oh, so basically you can do like a gnome, a gnome who knows like Dramatogy and like Dimension Door and like, you know, have things like that going on. So you can make like minor things going on. You know, this this this, this adventure would be great for Dramatogy. Because Dramatogy, you know, or Dermatology or whatever the hell it's pronounced. Dermatology. But, uh, you know, it causes like little minor things to happen. Little things that it's like, what the fuck's going on? You know, voices being loud, doors opening, closing, things like that. Um, you know, then once again, like you were saying, with the going through different door things, Dimension Door would be perfect for that. Or something of the likes. I mean, it would be a, por a portal of some sort. Yeah. That sounds fun. But yes, get more in kind and stomach foes. There's a bunch of shit in there that, that would fit that horror thing. Like, the Sibilex? I told you about that. I think it's a, it's essentially it's a demon but and um, like every turn it has it doesn't attack that inflicts exhaustion and when you reach a certain level of exhaustion you turn into a wretched corpse or whatever the fuck it's called wow and it can only be undone by the wish spell wow see I mean it just and of course hags you know hags would be a big part of this as well you know they can they can do stuff as well Ooh, you're talking about throwing in like beholders and stuff. Introduce one, like they go into a room with the goldfish. 
And if they fuck with that goldfish, then they're about to get done up. Oh, God. Xanathar. Exactly. We're going to introduce him to Xanagar. Xanathar. <laughs> Granted, I believe he's in Riversdale setting, something like that. I believe so, yeah. You'll just be displacing him, but it'd still be fun. Xanathar's. He's powerful. He's like the most powerful beholder. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. <laughs> but see, that's, so that's my first idea um, with doing something like that. Um, and then, of course, my next idea, which I kind of talked to you guys about before we started the session, was um, Dark Sun, which Dark Sun is uh, like the Mad Max version of D&D, where, as far as what I've read so far, please, you know, do not hesitate to correct me in the comments <laughs> if I'm wrong, but uh, Dark Sun, from what I understand, like I said, it's like the Mad Max, where the world has pretty much been depleted of magic, um, and, like resources are very hard to come by. You know, water, magic is just as hard to find as there is water. Like water is difficult to find in this. A lot of desert land, a lot of places that would have been big cities or ghost towns now are destroyed. And like any kind of magic user in there, unless you're only kind of magic that is still like a big thing in this world is actually uh, psychic magic, like psych psychic force damage, stuff like that. That's the big magic because apparently elemental magic is almost dead because there's not no elements to you know drive your magic from. You know spells that create water, you'd be like a god <laughs> if you could. You know you'd be the rain man if you could make create water. If you could cast create water. You know that kind of setting. There's one thing that comes to mind to me. I love this series. So what you got to do is have multiple moons and a giant crater in one of them and the myth of this moon the crater in the moon was created that it was created by the man of name bash the sandbeak hmm see and just give a vague like a blonde guy a, a mohawk and red coat and just to have fun with it like introduce taking the basics of that just introducing other mad max style worlds into it that'd be fun to me but just having a batch of the Stampede in the game as a, like an artisifer would be pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm pretty sure uh, there's a YouTuber named Turlock the Barbarian, and he does character creation, where he like gets anime characters, video game characters, and the like, and he creates them in D&D settings. If he hasn't, I would be very surprised if he hasn't done a batch of Stampede build. And it might make you know life a little bit easier, you know, go and check that out. I used uh his Hella build for a character uh, later on in my other campaign. So Well you guys, do you have any suggestions? Any kind of worlds that you suggest really like or anything? Leave it in the comments and we'll talk about it. You know, one thing they have so many different spells for druids and stuff that's very limited because it requires aquatic. Why not make an, a water world campaign? Hmm. That old One Piece! Oh, God. We don't need devil's fruit. In when fact, I, I think, isn't there homebrew classes we were looking about? Maybe we should do that to the same fighters. Yeah, maybe we should look at some devil fruit. Yeah, hold on. I mean, we're not allowed a whole lot of water right now. We can't, we don't swim a whole lot. So, I mean, 
And on that note, I'm going to end this conversation right now. Thank you for listening. We'll be back two weeks from now. If I upload this on at the right time, I don't know. I could wait. Anyway, but we'll catch you later on Murphy's Roll. This is Reaper. This is Froku. This is Sanji. That's what I'm playing. Bye. <laughs>